ライダープレイ Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rider Break. I'm your host, Ega Devil, and this is episode 22 at long last. It has been about six months since the last episode, I think, and a lot of stuff has uh, been going on in my real life, but uh, a lot of stuff has also been going on as far as uh, the site and, and my projects online and all that, and hopefully soon we will start seeing the end results of all that. But for the moment... We are here to talk about the new Kamen Rider slash Super Sentai sort of movie, Superhero Tyson Grand Prix Kamen Rider 3. Uh, This is going to be my thoughts on the movie. I've seen it three times now. The first time, actually, was uh, the day before it came out. I got to go to a special sneak preview screening, which I'll talk about in a bit. But uh, yeah, it's going to be my general thoughts. We'll start off kind of spoiler-free and eventually segue into more of a kind of comprehensive uh, analysis of the the story, uh, a sort of summary, if you will. Um, although it it might be kind of uh, spotty, it won't it won't be completely comprehensive because I have a terrible short term memory. But uh, in any case, because this is such a uh, a big massive crossover event, I have brought in a special guest star to help me out, and that is my good friend and fellow host of the Repact podcast, Craig. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm I'm here just to ask questions at appropriate moments, so I'm probably not going to say a ton. Yeah. You are the, uh, the guiding force uh, for this, because I am going to do a lot of rambling and going all over the place, because this is a superhero Tyson movie, and that's how they tend to work. Yes, indeed. Yes. Okay. This is the third, third or fourth? fourth? This is um. Well, it's kind of weird because it's the fourth in the series. Like they're now considering this to be its own, you know, annual series. Yeah. But it is actually the third superhero Tyson because last year's movie they called Rider Tyson, and it's That's kind true. of in its own uh, category, but it's still part of this series. It's kind of confusing, but but basically, yeah. Like the last four years, uh, we've been having these spring team-up films and uh according to the producers themselves they kind of had this realization making this one that yeah this is a series now it's a regular thing much like the uh the movie wars in december when it's the this year's show teams up with the last year's guy uh and the summer movies which have been going on for a long time now but yeah i mean that that pretty much says that there will be something like this next year what that will be like i don't know although i have some speculation uh, I'll get to it at the very end, probably. But yeah, this is the fourth of these films, and, and the second of the really common writery focused ones. Yes, yes. Uh, that's something I should say up front is that even though it's superhero Tyson, and even though I mentioned it's a Super Sentai movie, 
much like last year, this is predominantly a common Rider film uh, that Super Sentai has a small appearance in. But really, I mean, it's it's a Rider movie through and through. Now, uh, as far as going into this one, uh, last year's movie, Rider Tyson, that I really liked. I ended up really enjoying that movie a lot. And I, I said at the time, that was one I kind of had concerns about going into it. And this one, it, it was sort of a similar situation where when I first heard about the story, about what it was going to be, that they were going to bring in the Rider 3 character, who up until this point had only existed in a very obscure comic uh, and was largely unknown, even to people who made the movie. Like, they admitted I had no idea there was a Rider 3. Did they mention how they came to learn about him and then decide to use him? I think um, I know they've uh, they've said in like uh, the producer Shirakura uh, gave an interview uh, where he talked about like how he was surprised to find out about it, and I think it really just came down to some people, were, people who like the real hardcore fans on the staff knew about this character, and were like, hey, this would be a cool idea because actually when I saw the the preview screening, uh, the producers were there. It was uh, Shirakura and another guy. Takahashi, I believe, and they talked a little bit about the creation of the whole um, superhero Tyson series, like all, all the way back to the first one. They mentioned things like how they had 400 stunt guys in the ending battle, uh, you know, little tidbits like that. But as far as how they come up with the movies, it really starts with they think what would be a cool idea to do, like what would be what would be a fun idea to start from. And, and they go from there. So at some point, uh, somebody must have just sat down and been like, hey, you know, did you know there was a, another Kamen Rider 3, like way back in the day, who only appeared in this comic? And from there, they they kind of took it and, and really ran with it. Now, uh, a couple uh, weeks ago, I actually I put an article on my site about Rider 3, about the comic version, uh, where he comes from and... And all the sort of the twists and turns of how he, he might have ended up in the show at one point, but he ultimately didn't. And we got V3 and all that. And really, like having seen him in the movie now, it's a very different character. I mean, they, they started with the same idea, but the version that appeared in the comic, I mean, he barely really even is a character. He's more of an idea. And so what we get on screen is is basically all new. I mean, it just it kind of starts with that that name and the idea of this character that might have existed once but ultimately history took a different path and uh it's it's pretty cool what they came up with but yeah in in sort of the the lead up to this one finding out about who is going to be in it and and things like that i you know i was kind of excited but at the same time i was like well i don't know if they can really top last year's I don't, yeah, I just, I kind of didn't know. Um, there's a lot of things about the last movie that I, I thought, you know, it they worked there and, and that should kind of be it. Like having all the writers fight each other because mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, they do it again in this movie. Uh, although for different reasons. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was sort of, uh, you know, I was looking forward to it, but at the same time, I wasn't really getting as, as hyped up as I, I thought I probably should, like as as I usually would be. Now, some of the stuff that came out, like the trailers and things, that helped a little bit. Like, I think the first trailer, like the first real trailer we got for this movie, 
is possibly one of my favorites uh, for a Kamen Rider film since maybe like one of the early trailers for Kamen Rider the First uh, with this really goofy voiceover. Uh, I like that one a lot. But uh, in this case, what we got was a trailer that had no narration. It was all just the music and shots of the film. Uh, ending on Kamen Rider 3 himself kind of driving away, and it was really cool. Like, I thought it just, it created this great atmosphere by by not having the usual narration. If I may cut in just very briefly yep. and say that I, I, I agree with you on that trailer, and I think that the Kamen Rider 3 suit is a really good one. Yeah. Uh, because it's very, it's very classic and very recognizable instantly as a as an old school suit, but still has a kind of a new flair to it. Yeah, um, it's it's one that really grew on me, and ha- especially having seen it in action in in the movie and all that. Like I understand why it looks the way it does. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's a reason behind why they they went with this particular style. Where yeah, it looks old school, but it's also very you know 2015. <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, and it really works. Like, I, I really dig it. And I, I don't know what, uh, how this character will fare as far as merchandise goes because these movies uh, don't have a great record with that. Yeah. Like, 15 from last year, I really liked, but. Yeah, well, the 15 was the villain. I mean, this guy is like writing the title and he was the headline of every trailer and he every. He is, yeah. He is much more prominent. So I think he has yeah. a better chance of getting a figure art or something pretty soon but um i don't know but i yeah i i want something because i really have fallen in love with uh this character the um one thing i wanted to ask about the suit and if it comes up in the just tell me to wait if, okay. if it's a part of it but on his wrists i notice it looks like he has like manacles yes in, around his wrists yeah is that explained is there a reason for that it's not directly addressed but it is sort of a part of Kamen Rider history that like Rider 1 and 2 are made by Shocker and they are forcibly converted into cyborgs so there's always this scene um, with both of them you see where they're kind of strapped to this operating table and the idea here is it looks like you know if the guy like escaped like he ripped off of it and you know he's still got the chains attached to him and everything Um, okay cool so yeah I mean it's it's like a cool little nod to that and, but it's, it's neat how it's been worked into, you know, it's part of the design. Like, he never takes them off or anything. That's just part of what he is. It's there when he transforms. When yes. he hinges. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed was those, the dangling, like, chains that are broken on his arms. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Ding. Yeah, it's a really cool touch. Yep. But yeah, so yeah, the in in the lead up to this movie, I you know I was looking forward to it, but I I kind of just I didn't really know how to feel, and so I went in pretty much blind. I mean, I I watched the trailers and I saw the pics in the in the magazines and stuff, but I didn't kind of have a much of a clue about how it was all going to go down. And now having seen it, uh, I can tell you that I I sort of I feel uh, I kind of have two ways of approaching this one where there's, you know, my own personal take, and then there's sort of more of the, I guess, the objective view, you could say. Uh, And that is, like, you know, talk about that one. I would say that if you haven't been a fan of the last couple superhero Tyson movies, and especially last year's, 
then this one's probably not going to do much for you because it's very much in the same style. It's in the, you know the same approach because uh, we've got the same writer, the same director, the same producer. It's all the same people and. Uh, you know, I like Ryder Tyson a lot, but I know it, not everybody does. And I think this one, in general, I would say it's not as well made of a movie, just in, in how it's all set up. I mean, Ryder Tyson really, to me, was... They took a an idea that should not have worked at all, and they made it work, and work really well. And yeah. I think it's I think it's just it's a, a great movie like it's it's become one of my favorites. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit better than this one in in how it's executed, like who they chose to to use in it and everything. I mean, it's pretty hard to top having Rider One in it and, and yeah. Decade because I mean Decade is such a, a significant character to modern Kamen Rider. I would say he's the bridge between. The Heisei era and and the the post decade Heisei era of shows, you know. Plus you got you got Double, you got X, you know, just all all sorts of like really. It, it feels like it felt very well uh, planned out, you know. In in terms of for the most part, I mean, you get you get the usual kind of superhero Tyson nonsense <laughs> later on, but yeah. In general, to me, it just it really like everything kind of really came together. And uh, so with this one, I think it's it's a little bit more of the kind of it's not I wouldn't call it a regression. I mean, because it's it's way better than the first two superhero Tyson still like, you know, not a high away. bar, but cool. Far no, yeah, well, I, and I, but I would also say it's I've enjoyed it more than any writer movie since. Uh, last year's Ryder Tyson. So that's the Gaim summer movie and the Gaim and Drive uh, crossover. And I, I enjoyed both of those a lot. Like, a lot. But this yeah. one really, really dug. I haven't watched the Cyclone and the other one's not out yet. Right. For us Western audiences. But uh, yep. I did, I should say, I did like the last one. I did like the last one. I, I had issues with it, but... Um, and slight spoiler, folks, that we've already talked about this. But yeah. uh, the one thing that really bothered me in the last one, you say, doesn't happen in this one. So I'm no. I'm very excited for that. But yeah, that, that is that, to come. Yeah, that that is the thing. I, I will say, if there's one area where I think this one is better, it's that the story it's telling is really good. Like it's it's the the best story in a, a superhero Tyson movie thus far. I think. Now you might you might have issues with how it's told. But I just think, in general, like it, it has a really good, you know, it starts off with a, a really strong idea, it ends very satisfyingly to me. So yeah, so that's what I'm kind of getting at is that, um, you know, the like the professional opinion is, you know, it, if you don't, if you're not a big fan of the superhero Tyson movies, I don't think this one's gonna win anybody over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, I love this movie. Like holy cow, I I really enjoyed this movie a lot, and um, it's funny because like once again, like last year, it starts off with this idea that you'd think I'd hate. I mean the the you know the one line summary of the movie is that Ryder wanted to die, V three gets beaten up by his sort of failed rough draft version, and all the riders fight each other again. Now you know like the, from that right there, you would think. Oh, this is going to be awful. It's <laughs> exactly not what I want to see. But they made it work. Like they found a way, uh, and it, it all plays out in a, a really cool 
fashion. So before I kind of launch into the spoilers, I, I think like the best thing to say really is that like if you if you have not been spoiled on this one yet, if you haven't, you know, if you don't know like what happens at the end because there's a cool something that happens at the end, uh, but there's a lot of cool things that happen throughout the movie. If if you don't know anything about this one, the coolness of this movie sort of hinges on not knowing what's going to come next it's a very unpredictable movie lots of twists like twists upon twists all sorts of swerves and and things like that and um now you don't you've said you don't care about being spoiled uh, but for those out there listening who are i would say you can probably turn the podcast off now because from here on out it's going to be spoiler central well, I, I was just, before you do that, I think there's a couple of questions that are, that okay. are good general general questions. All right. One is, we know, we've seen from some of the trailers, anyone who's seen the trailers knows some of the people who are returning, but yes. in terms of voice cast, because we always know that while, uh, you know, we, we get some of the writers back in their physical forms, we, we get some of them back just as voices. Yep. Uh, so, for example, we know that, like, Ichigo was back... Kamrata Ichigo, Kamrata One. Yep. He was back in the last one. Does he does he come back to do his voice in this one? Unfortunately, no. Uh, they went uh, with, they went with the usual replacement guy, uh, Tetsuinada, who is the voice of uh, Deca Master. That's that's what most people know him as, like the the lead guy in Deca Ranger, the boss. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he does a he does a good job. I mean. It's the sort of thing where, like, once you've heard the real one and you hear him, you'll be like, well, it's not the same guy. But, I mean, he does an okay enough impression, I think. You know, he he's, he does it, – it it sounds close enough to Rider 1 that I can buy it as Rider 1. Uh, and actually, the guy that they got doing Rider 2's voice in this movie, I think he's new. I don't know if he's done it before. And he's pretty good, too. Because uh, that, that is one of the things I should mention – one of my concerns going into this one was the fact that it didn't involve the original actors for the first three riders, who I felt are kind of uh, essential to this story. I mean, to tell the the story of Rider Three, you need to have Rider One and Two, and or V Three in it. Now they actually just managed to pull it off. There, I, I will say that the guy doing V Three's voice in this one, which is a longtime veteran voice actor Tomokazu Seki who you'll know as I believe he's the voice of the the Gokaiger um changer oh okay like yeah the one that you know calls out all the things but I mean he's he's been a lot of stuff I mean he's he's in tons and tons and he's often like in lately in these movies he's been sort of the replacement voice actor for a lot of characters like he's done Amazon he's done Stronger in this movie alone, I think he does something like 10 or 11 different characters, like major characters. Most of the time, it's just kind of small lines and, and yells and stuff. But uh, he's really good. He has a, a really great, diverse uh, number of voices that he can do. And in this film, he's doing two of the most important characters, which is V3 and the leader of Shocker. Now, his V3 is actually pretty good. It's not 100% Miyuchi, but... It kind of it he emulates the uh, the way that V three speaks, and it kind of it works for the most part in this movie because for a lot of it V three is not himself, so you can kind of buy it as being you know something's off. <laughs> but when I, you say not himself, you mean literally not himself, or he's mind controlled or something? Or is yeah, that spoilers? Uh, well, it's not a big spoiler to say he's mind controlled. I think we know okay. that from the trailers. Everybody's being mind controlled in this one. Okay, and then some. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I will say, though, that I think if any of the original three guys should have been the, in this one, I would have really liked it if V3 had been. Because I think, especially towards the end, there's one part where you kind of wish it was the real guy uh, delivering a certain line. But I'll get to that. Now, as far as the leader of Shocker goes, uh, the original voice, the voice of the leader of Shocker, Goronaya, he passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, at the time... So replacing him is completely understandable. Yeah, it, it is. And yet it was also always going to be one of the toughest things to do because that character has always been a voice. The, mm. the leader of Shocker, or the great leader, if you will, the whole thing about that character is that he is sort of... He's the ultimate... You can drop him in anywhere, villain, and he always works because he's been this voice. Like every time he's shown up, every time he's appeared on screen, his his design or his his nature has always changed. I mean, sometimes he's just kind of this human-sized character. Sometimes he's a giant monster. Sometimes he's a, a giant brain. I mean, all sorts of things. But a lot of a lot of who that character was was tied into the voice. Now the last time we had uh, Naya doing the voice was in Let's Go Common Riders in 2011. Like that was his kind of final send off. It felt like. And uh, last year for Ryder Tyson they had uh, Seki doing the voice when he played the Baden leader, who was basically the same character. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was really good. It was a a really good impression. I mean, it it sounded just like him honestly like i thought it was it was really fantastic now in this movie he has about i would say four times as many lines as he had in Ryder tyson he's got to do a lot more speaking and he really convinced me that you know even though the original guy is gone rest in peace uh the great leader can live on for a long time because he sounds just like him like it's really good He's doing a really, you know, he's really work. You can tell he's working hard to sound just like the original. So it, it's it's pretty awesome. Like it's a good it's a good uh, replacement voice. Cool. But as far as uh, like a returning actors go, we've got uh, everybody kind of knows about them, I think, because of the trailers and the magazine stuff. But uh, you know, the, the big one I think for a lot of people is going to be uh, Tetsuo Kurata as Kamarada Black and Black RX. Mm -hmm. Now, he's, I would say, he's in this movie not as much as uh, X, or, or Jin Keisuke was in uh, the last one. Uh, Ryo Hayami, the actor. He he was in a lot of Ride of Tyson. He was in a big chunk in the middle. Really, you know, that, to me, that he felt like a major part of that movie. He was in a lot of the best scenes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would say that Karada, he's not in quite as much but he is in it more than, say, uh, Hiroshi Fujioka was in Ryder Tyson. Like that, Hongo scenes in that movie are great, but he is admittedly in only a very small part of it. Hmm. You know, he's really only in three scenes, and one of those is during the end credits. Um, but he's doing a lot. You know, he's he's voicing Ryder one a lot, and it's a it's sort of yeah. the same thing here, where Karada is himself is on screen for a bit, but you get a lot of time when he's voicing Black. Uh, and Black RX, and I mean, he, he's really cool. Like when he shows up, it's you know, you will, you will get the moments you want uh, with him because he does both of the transformations, and they look great. Like really cool, you know, mm. really cool take on the effects and everything. Kind of makes you want to see updates of all of the classic writers with the modern effects because 
The yeah. Rider one one was cool. You say that this one is cool. Yep. I'd love to see the ones for you know, because well, we saw. We've seen Rider one. We've seen X, uh, Z cross, <laughs> Black and Black RX, and, and actually Rx. this is the second yeah. time we've seen them because they also did it back in Decade, and they've you know they've kind of improved since then even. The Black and Black RX ones. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd and, like to see some of the other ones. Amazons would be very yes interesting. Yeah. Now, interestingly, actually, when it comes to changing of the effects, they're not only doing it with the older riders, but even some of the 2000s riders now. Oh. Because the way that uh, Garen transforms, um, Tachibana from Comrade Blade, he appears out of suit. And when he transforms, it is a little different than how he did it back on the show. Oh, so it's not he doesn't run through the card? No, what they actually do is, if you remember back in um, Decade, when uh, Kenzaki, like the original Blade, when he showed up at the end, uh, the way he yeah. would transform, I know I know you haven't gone through all of Blade yet, but you've seen everybody transform, and you know yeah. how uh, Liangles is different where the card comes back towards him? Yes. Like it moves on its own. That is now a regular thing with all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did it in Decade, and they do it again here. And it actually... They do it occasionally, the others sort of have it happen in Blade, too. Yeah. Like, I, think... I seem to remember I seem to remember one where, where Kenzaki fires it upwards, like he's on his back, and yeah. it, fired, it pushes someone off him and then falls back down across him. So they yeah. sort of do it in... Yeah, in they, the they sort of do, but I, I do remember they kind of made a point out of how they would have to run through theirs, whereas his yeah. would always come to him. And in this movie, they make it, they set it up more so that it always sort of comes back to them. But they still, okay. they use it offensively. Like, there's a part at the end, um, during the big fight, where he, he shoots it out and knocks these two guys away. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, that's, I always liked that in the Blade one. Yeah. I always liked the way they'd use it yeah. as, a, as an offense. Actually, this, they, it's happened occasionally in a lot of the Rider shows, where you'll see them, their, their henchmen... Uh, sort of is used as a way to push back enemies. Yes. And uh, yeah. I've always, it, it, not not often, but it's happened regularly enough in a few different shows. And I always like that. I think it's a, it's a neat uh, idea. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it's really it, it's cool. just, it's creative, you know, and it can be quite fun. I yeah. mean, Kabuto used to do it all the time with his cast off too. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah. So, uh, he's in the movie, um, Tachibana, I should say, or, uh, yes, Kosei Amano. Okay. Yeah. He's in it. <laughs> Uh, and he's in, I would say, maybe about as much as Karada, actually. Like, when it comes to the returning actors, the guy who is in this the most, like the, the de facto co-star, if you will, is definitely uh, Yuto Sakurai, or Kamen Rider Zeranos. Yes. Played by Yuichi Nakamura, who, uh, he has come a long way from back in the days when he was uh, the guy in Hibiki towards the end, where everybody <laughs> kind of dumped on that character. Uh, and then, you know, Zeranos really sort of kind of a lot of people gave him a second chance. I mean, I, I don't just mean the character, but even the actor, like a lot of people were kind of down on him when he was in Hibiki. Right. Uh, but then, you know, Zeranos kind of won him over. And here I would say, I mean, he is really evolved into this really cool character and 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 actor, too. Like the actor, yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing a really good job. Well, I mean, it's been eight years. Eight it, years since then. It Denver. has, yeah. It really has. So, it, actually, there is a funny bit where Mock refers to him as, like, an old man. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> like, come on, Grandpa. 
but yeah, no, he's he's really cool. He he's kind of taken up the slack in a way of like him and uh, New Deno back when he was in Let's Go because it's probably going to be a while before we ever see actual Ryotaro again in one of these. Oh, yeah, uh, he's, a long way. He's off being famous. He's um, off being a real movie star. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So these guys have kind of picked up the slack, and it, it's okay really cool. I'd be okay with New Deno coming back. Oh yeah, I know. Me too. I, I I really like him, but um, yeah, it is really cool to see Zeranos in this leading mm. role. Really, do they explain how he exists? Not really. I mean, he just because in the end of Deno, yeah. So... Well, I mean, the thing about the thing about that though is because in all the the post Deno movie appearances, they've kind of they've really danced around. Like, how does how does he work? Because I was under the impression for a while that he could only ever turn into zero form the red one uh then i wasn't sure if you could even do that like i think he had had a limited number of them wasn't there like a there was he had a a certain number of times he had a limited number of tickets and uh yeah i i kind of didn't know quite how it worked and and the movies the post deno movies didn't really make things any easier so movies i guess he he is is, yeah he's in final countdown yeah, uh, where he gets put in the hospital for most of it, and yeah. he was in the the Deno trilogy. He was in his own movie, Episode Red, uh, where I thi- I seem to recall I he did was... become Altair form in that. But yeah, I feel like that was set earlier or something. It, there was it, some... it was in a weird place. Like I don't quite remember yeah. how it fit in. Uh, it's been was, a while since he, I watched because I wasn't a big fan of those three movies, so I haven't watched them in yeah, ages. Yeah, he he was in uh, Climax Deca two, the detective one. Yeah. Um, and he was in the uh, I don't know if you remember this one, but the Cho Deno movie, like the first one, the Deno and Decade one, where Decade he's only kind of in it for a bit. Uh, yeah. Although he does, yeah, 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 but that's that's during the course of the series though, so that's well. I think that one was after because it has. Did, Deno you mean the one it. with the one which they set up in the series where, uh, like the Imogen from different times keep kidnapping Ryotaro, like knocking him out. That oh, that's uh, that's Oritanjo. Yeah, he's in that one too. But yeah, that one's during the series. That, what I mean oh, that's was, not the one you mean. Yeah, there was another one that was. It was after the one that was supposed to be the end, after Final Countdown, before the trilogy, and it was. It's like he's in it, but he doesn't transform because it's about him as a kid. Like they take him as a kid back in time. Oh and yes, yes, like yes, yes. Flying yes, yes, battleship yes, yes. and stuff and decades oh, I there. Completely <laughs> forgotten about that one. Is that the one where decade like towards it? He's just like, all right, guys, I'm off. Yeah, like he just walks off he, through he, a portal. He walks like, in the out of the movie before the, like, right. the final battle. That's right, and I think that ties into his show. It does. Doesn't it? it does. That's it what did. I was thinking of. Yeah. I, I I remember it tied into one of the shows. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been in a couple movies, and as far as like how his powers work, they've kind of just said ah whatever, because he he's transforms a bunch of times into usual Altair form, uh, and he does use Zero form at the end of the movie, so like for the final battle, but um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but he he's really cool. Like he's got a real cool role in this because he is the guy who kind of knows what's up, uh, what's going on. Uh, another one who also knows what's going on is Takumi. He's back, hey. and uh, him too, I would say. I mean, he's really like between this film and the last one, he has really kind of become one of my favorite characters. The whole idea of the the post series 
Fies mm. is great to me. I I really enjoy. He was he was arguably my favorite part of the last movie as, a, as in, in total. Yeah. Um, he had a he had a lot of great scenes. He had a really good story arc. Yep. Um, he's a great actor. Yeah. Um, Fies has always been a cool looking suit. Yep. Uh, and a cool um you know with a cool power set and the way that he works it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was excited to see Takumi back. I would be okay with it. Takumi appearing in every movie now. He can be the new decade. He can just show up in <laughs> each one and do more yeah. stuff as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I know he uh, he really likes doing it. And actually, he's also involved. Uh, him and Zeranos, they're both appearing in. There's kind of a tie-in that they uh, are making to this. And I'll, I'll talk oh. about that at the end called uh, Rider 4. It's a web series, basically. Oh, cool. I've it... seen some stuff for Rider 4. I was going to ask you about it later. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I will talk about him because he's important okay. uh, at the very end. But, but um, yeah, that's... And I tell you what, for, for all we're talking about actors maturing and stuff, yeah. that that dude hasn't aged. Yeah. He's he's got slightly shorter hair, but he well, looks exactly yeah, the way he did in Fives. In this one, he's back to his old hairstyle, so he looks. Oh, even, he's got the long hair again. Yeah, he looks even younger now. Nineteen eighty four, he was born. So yeah. he and he was Fives in what was that? Two thousand and three. Two thousand three. So he was three. Um, it would have been about nineteen twenty. Yeah. I like he's he's yeah. almost the same age I am actually. So. Two thousand three. So he, it's been twelve years. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was in the movie last year. But, you know, 11, 12 years since he was in Fires. Wow, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he shows up. And, and his role, I would say, I, I'd compare it to um, Z-Cross in the last movie, where it's mm-hmm. it's smaller, but it's very significant. Um, and he does have some really cool bits. Like Fies in this movie, we do get a scene where he fights all lit up, you know? Like all the... Uh, oh, the cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Always wonder. I always wish they'd do that more. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know why I, they can't. But... Yeah, it, it it must be hell to uh, yeah, get yeah. working. But yeah, it, it's. You really imagine cool. how hot it would be. Yeah. But yeah, it looks bad. It was one of the best parts of the opening. Yep. You see him standing there, all lit up and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's. Man, we haven't even started talking about the plot, and you're selling I, me on this movie. I, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot to it. I mean, that's that sort of covers it for the uh, okay. the returning actors. And as far as the other characters in the movie go, I mean, there's all the the usual drive cast, of course. Um, did you? I can't remember if you said this, but you said that the other Blade guys did their voices, right? That's the right. Blade uh, cast? That's right. Yes. The um the rest of the the four main guys in Blade, they do appear as voice only. So that's Blade, Chalice, and Liangle. And um, and Deneb's voice is the original yep. that's right. voice actor as well. Yep. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, they're all uh, they're all who they should be and everything. And uh, and that's that's pretty good because I think of the of the suit only writers, they were pretty smart in that they give the most dialogue to the ones that are either the original guys or have the best impersonations so no forza <laughs> yeah forza doesn't do much talking in this one because <laughs> um, yeah they need to they need to get a better voice for him but uh no I, I would say like um really it's uh excuse me um v3 and rider man they have some lines and, and they got good you know replacements for them and uh voice actor they can't fake yeah no they yeah they well it's weird how they do it i think it actually he does have a, a a voice dubbing whoever oh. the stunt guy is uh, and it, it works okay 
It says Hideo Ishikawa. Yeah, that's right. Ishikawa. Um, yeah, Ishikawa. He's he's been a long time, uh, you know, villain voice or a voice of different characters. So he's one of the the kind of the regular stable they have now for these movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the cast. Although, uh, as far as original characters go, I, I do got to talk about. Well, one of them isn't original, although the actor is new. Uh, and that is one of the villains in this movie is Black Shogun, who is one of my favorite villains from original Kamen Rider. He's sort of the last of the the four, the first four generals uh, in the original series. And he's already been in another modern movie. He was in Let's Go, although played by a different guy. Um, and in this movie, he is being played by Nobuhiko Takada, who is a uh, professional wrestler, former professional wrestler, and mixed martial arts fighter, uh, and is one of the founders of the Hustle promotion. And uh, when they announced him, that was kind of a big deal, because it's like, hey, this is, you know, for the people that know him, that's, you know... <laughs> that's pretty big, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, now, the funny thing is... You know, if you if you get a guy who is you know used to doing fighting and and all that, uh, you would think that they'd give him a lot of physical things to do. Although really in this movie he's he's mostly talking. So it's it's weird because like this is going to sound strange in that he was one of the most disappointing parts about the movie to me. But it's not him. Like he does a great job, but it's the fact that he doesn't really get to do a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, like even even towards the end, I mean, he he you see him a lot. Once again, like with some of the writers, he does a lot of voicing over uh, because his monster, Hero Chameleon, he's in the movie a lot. But like you wouldn't even know that the same character outside of one scene where he he transforms like backwards. He he transforms from the monster back to his human form, uh, really quickly. And I don't know. I thought it was kind of strange. Like. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, that, like, his character in this movie has kind of been split uh, with another character, which is sort of cool, but I don't know, a little weird, like, I, I don't know. But, I mean, he does he does a good job, and I just I just wish he was in more of it, like, because he, he is, he's a lot of fun. Like, he really, he captures that, you know, sort of larger-than-life villain, villainy that you need uh, for this, so it is pretty cool, but... You know, I just wish he was in more of it. Um, but the big one, and and arguably, you know, along with Drive and and Zeranos, like the the star of the movie, is Rider Three himself, who now has a human identity. He is uh, Kyoichiro Kuroi, and he's played by uh, Mitsuhiro Oikawa, who uh, also sings the theme song at the end, the Who's That Guy, uh, which is a great song title for Rider Three's theme. <laughs> um it's a really good song too like it's really grown on me i, I mean the the movie ending themes tend to i find i mean they're they're always enjoyable but i they never really get stuck in my head the way that like you know the series theme song does right um but this one actually has like this one i i like a lot uh i, I keep listening to it over and over again so it's pretty cool but um yeah he's usually a singer songwriter but he he has acted before uh, this is the first time I've seen him in anything, and uh, he's made a fan out of me because he does <laughs> such a good job. Like the the whole Rider Three character, without saying too much about uh, how he works, 
I like him way more than I was expecting to. Like going into it, I, I kind of didn't know, you know, what was he going to be like because he didn't really have much of a character beforehand. And from all the stuff I'd seen going in, it's like, well, he's beaten up all my favorite guys. I mean, that's that's not the easiest way to sell me on a new character. But uh, actually, it makes a lot of sense the way he, why he does what he does. When you find out his motivation, it's very uh, meta, and maybe not quite as far. They didn't go quite as far with it as I would have, but they certainly went you know, in a smarter direction, I think, like a, a more, mm. you know, a general audience could kind of follow along. I probably mm. would, have, would have gone too far and just made it incomprehensible. I am. Um, um, I did a little, I did a little looking and, uh, the guy who wrote it, Yonamura, yep. he was the head writer on Kabuto, Decade and a few other, but the head writer on Kabuto and Decade. So he has yep. that, uh, revision. He's good at doing a bit of revisionist history because he's done it multiple times before yes yeah he was the guy who came in uh for the end of decade because the original uh writer for the first half uh was a different guy oh okay and um yeah and then so he came on later and for 26 so he would have done the black episodes yep. the amazon episode yep the finale yeah. uh the finale. movie wars uh yeah i mean doesn't he's... list him as the mo- the writer on the movie wars he did the um the first one the the decade well half of it anyway the decade and double one okay yeah this only has his TV credits I just realized it doesn't have any of his movie credits because it doesn't list this either oh so <laughs> the list I'm looking at is clearly incomplete he did Cutie Honey the Live too yeah um yeah he is he's one of the elements of these movies where uh some feel they should get a new writer I I don't know I mean I I, I gotta say like. He's not perfect, but he keeps doing stuff that I like seeing. So, uh, you know, if if they can keep that up, I mean, because I've liked these last two movies a lot. If if they can keep up the uh, the level of quality here, then you know, just, I I don't I don't see his name and and cringe in fear. You know, just uh, just say to just you know, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, say, listen, the writers shouldn't fight each other because it's all an elaborate stunt. <laughs> to just don't do that, well, and we're good. I don't know. The thing is, I don't know how much that is on him versus the producers, you know, because the producers of these films, they have a lot of input. And uh, I mean, actually, like listening to them talk in person, I know I'm kind of sorry, I'm I'm going off tangent from Rider 3. I'll get back to him. But um, that's right. I I still (laughs) listening to the producers talk, uh, you know, seeing them in person, all that. It's a it's a very eye opening experience because up until then I kind of had this image of Shirakura being you know oh he's the evil overlord who he doesn't get it you know he's all about the money and doesn't really understand you know what he's doing but um you know that's not true I mean at the end of the day yeah he is a business guy and he's got to think about putting money on the table and all that or, or putting food on the table I should say putting money in the pockets of people so they can put food on the table. So, I mean, the way he described it, it's really funny because when they had them come out, like this was in like the theater. So it was, you know, a packed house and everything. But they had them come out, you know, before starting the movie up. And uh, they kind of made this joke where they're like, sorry that, you know, we're the only guys that could get like none of the actors are here. It's just regular staff. You know, the way the way he talked about when it comes to these movies and uh, and, you know, that finding that balance between satisfying the fans but also you know just 
they want to get as many people as possible to come see writer movies you know they're, they're always thinking about the general audience um because it is true that like you know when i go whenever i go watch any of these movies the audience is always very diverse you have families you know moms and dads and kids you have you know girls in their 20s you have guys in their 40s you have older folks i mean it's you know it's it is a general audience thing is the um is the movie doing well it uh i think it's doing okay i mean it, it opened up at number six which is a step down of oh, the last couple they've been opening at like number three like three to five right. or something and it's been a while since a writer movie opened at number one and, and did you know amazing numbers like the first superhero Tyson did, and All Riders versus Die Shocker did. I mean, that's still. I think that's the highest grossing writer movie of all. And you can cut. You know why? I mean, because that was the first one to do this. You know, and uh, so having a kind of a general downward trend to them all. Uh, you know, not not just for these ones, but for the other movies too, like the 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 winter movie and the summer movie. I mean, it's kind of understandable, I think, and and the ratings in general are kind of always on the steady decrease. And I think, you know, the things just kind of they they sort of they go up and down, and you know, sooner or later they're gonna come up with a new idea, and suddenly you'll see Ryder at number one again. I mean, it just it's the kind of thing that's it's hard to predict. So I I would say it's right. doing. It's doing as well as they probably expect it to, um, you know, especially given like after after last year where they had, you know, the fan vote thing and they uh, they had, you know, Rider One heavily promoted it because a lot of people, you know, a lot more sort of the casual viewers and all that who maybe aren't following the show now, they'll go see a movie if you have Hiroshi Fujioka in it because he's a, a famous enough actor outside of Kamen Rider. Uh, plus, you know, you've got a whole generation of people that'll be like, you know, I, I watched Kamen Rider as a kid and maybe I'm not watching now, but I remember this guy. So I'll go see the movie. So, you know, it's doing as well as it can, I think. But at, at the end of the day, when it comes to making these movies, they got to think about that bottom line and, uh, and about, you know, trying to entertain as much people as possible while also still making them these very kind of fan pleasing movies where they just throw in as much stuff uh, that you've kind of always wanted to see, and I think, to me, for me anyway, I think they 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 hit a really good balance where they've got a lot of crazy obscure stuff that most people it's going to go over a lot of people's heads, but I see it and, and completely mark out. And then you know there's there's other parts of it where it's like, well, you know, they're kind of taking liberties or they're they're not doing it totally faithfully or whatever. But I mean that's okay because it's it's about just telling a story that the general audience can can follow along with although I'll, I'll tell you this that like this movie it, it it takes some real risks at times like there's there's times when i was watching it and i'm like i can't believe they're really doing this like well maybe we should get into all right that's what we should we get should, into yeah, segue into the movie but yeah now the spoilers ahoy now the spoilers ahoy but yeah if you have been listening so far uh and and still have no clue what the movie's about stop the podcast and um yeah watch it for your for yourself with not knowing what you're going to expect because I, I think it's a lot of fun to experience that way but uh yeah so there we go hey folks it's Igadel from the future uh or possibly the present i'm not sure which in any case i've time traveled back to interrupt my own podcast and uh let you in on a little behind the scenes secret 
when I sat down to record this a couple nights ago with Craig, uh, we did it on MP3 Skype recorder, so that's why the quality is uh, it's a little different than how it sounds now, where I'm just recording direct. And uh, so it, it's been a bit quiet, and I'll try to make sure that the audio levels don't go too crazy for this part. But basically, uh, I just wanted to let you know that as I was editing this episode, it ended up being over three hours, which is longer than the movie itself. I don't. Somehow we managed to go on and on, or I managed to go on and on anyway, uh, describing <laughs> this movie, and poor Craig had to listen to it. Um, and we actually ended up going uh, over two nights, so it's it's probably longer than three hours because just this first part that I'm working on that was over three hours. So, yeah, this is like the longest podcast uh, I've ever done, and and that includes HJ Radio. So, in any case, um, I decided what I'd do is I'd break it up. So this first part that you just listened to, this is the spoiler-free first section, if you will, uh, mostly spoiler-free. I don't know. Probably some spoilers in there still, but for the most part, it's spoiler-free. And uh, after this, I will release the uh, full summary. Now, I'm probably going to have to split that in half, too, just because of how long it ends up being. So there might be two more episodes devoted to Superhero Tyson Grand Prix, but uh, I like talking about it, so that's no problem. But uh, yeah, I'll probably try to get those out uh, this week and maybe the last one on the next weekend. Uh, We'll spread it out a little bit, but... Yeah, there you have it. That is uh, this episode of Rider Break. I will see you next time for more of my long rambly review of Superhero Tyson Grand Prix Kamen Rider 3. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 